Pulls up the three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. Welcome to the MVP cast from me, Mark Woods. Thanks as always so much for joining us. We are sponsored by Team Sports, the new AI multi-sport app that provides professional tools at an affordable price to every team, helping players improve their performance and enhance their health and well-being. Find out more by visiting www.teamsports.pro, that's sports with a Z, or download the app on your iPhone or Android. Now, I guess this week, well, he's big. He's big in the BBL. He's big in Yorkshire. He is... Sheffield Sharks man in the middle for the last three seasons. He is Bennett Cook. Welcome to the show, Bennett. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Third season in Sheffield. How is year three in the Steel City going for you? Uh, year three is good. It's been good so far. It's been nice knowing, getting to know my new teammates and readjusting to the life in, here in Sheffield. Feels good. It's, I mean, it's early season. Um, and obviously, you, you mentioned that sort of adjustment process. Hard as the hard as it ebb and flow over a year because obviously fresh year you're coming in you know and you had a really good fresh year you you kind of get to know the system people are impressed I mean you know last year numbers were down a little bit I know your shooting percentage went up but you know the stats went around the place a bit how do you kind of approach a year three you I mean do, what do you do in the summer or what discussions do you have with Atiba to to go right um this is what I want to achieve this year now that I've, you know, I've been around this place. I, you know, I know what I'm doing. I know the system, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So uh, year three, uh, my first year, like you mentioned, I uh, had a pretty good year. So that's usually, or I shouldn't say usually, that's always the hardest because you have to come in and impress everyone. Uh, and there's a lot of pressure on yourself uh, for that first year. Um, but now being in my third year, I feel a lot more comfortable. Um, it's, always interesting at the beginning of the season when you get new teammates you know you got to get familiar with them learn how to play with them i think our team this year uh, has a lot of potential i really like this team we got a lot of talent we just got rodney on the team uh, an excellent player excellent point guard i think he had a great game versus manchester uh so i think this this year our team has a lot of potential and i think right now we're just kind of scratching the surface of it um but to come in year three um you know, you just got to – I've never really worried about my, my stats. Uh, as long as our team wins, uh, that's what's important to me. I think we have a lot of – like I've said, we have a lot of talent on this team, and if my number is called that game, you know, I score 10, 15 points, have a couple rebounds, maybe get a double-double, that's great, awesome. Obviously, you know, it feels good, but uh, it doesn't really mean anything if we don't win. And I think Coach did a lot uh, – did a good job – of recruiting like-minded individuals who kind of buy into the program and um, think on the same level. Uh, so again, you know, I'm really excited for the team this year. I think we have a lot of potential. I'm excited to see where we end up. Does it change, you know, from year to year? I mean, the role you had. I mean, last year you you started about a third of, of the games, and this year it's been a, a shuffle. Obviously, Rob Marsden retired. Mike Tuck's another year older. We still eat, you know, spring chicken, but you know, another year older. <laughs> so you know, your role becomes a bit more important, I think, in the middle. I mean, does, does does that change the way that you mentally kind of go into each game, go into maybe even each week of practice? Mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, like I mentioned, I don't really care about my stats. Uh, the coach trusts me. Uh, management trusts me. And they know I'm going to do whatever I can 
you know, tried my hardest during the game to uh, help us get a win. Uh, last year, you mentioned I started maybe a third of the games. I mean, you know, like like I said, I'm just going to keep <laughs> I'm like a record on repeat, right? Uh, I don't really care too much, you know, what the plan is. I'm just going to buy into it and trust my teammates, trust my coach, and uh, just do my best to get a win, really. You're part of what we call a dynasty. You'd call a dynasty, but... You know, a big sporting <laughs> family. I mean, that your, your your younger sister is a terrific athlete as well. But your your, your two elder brothers, Adam and Jake, you know, they're basketball players. Preceded you at the same college at the University of, of Northern Iowa. Um, I know they've got a couple of years on you, but that must have been a competitive family. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's putting it lightly. How competitive did it get? Uh, you know, some of my earliest memories are of playing basketball with my two older brothers. Uh, our basement, before it was finished, right, it was concrete floor. And I remember having a little tykes hoop, is what we call it, right, for like three-year-old, four-year-olds and like the small uh, rubber basketball. I remember doing drills with them on the concrete floor of dunking on each other and trying to get like the coolest and one that you can, right? But naturally, them being the older two, I would always end up on defense, right? <laughs> so it was more of just run into each other as hard as you can and try and finish the ball. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I love them, right? Love them to death. I did get quite competitive sometimes, but more than um, how competitive it got, it was more supportive than anything. We always looked out after each other and made sure that um, we were happy and in the right place. And Yeah. That's that's kind of the American equivalent of the British putting your younger brother in goal if you're okay. playing football. Um, right, so you get it. You, yeah, that's, you, you get precedence if you're older. <laughs> with, yeah, um, no, 100%. With, with both of them, I mean, they, obviously they both played college, they both had a, you know, a, a small amount of time playing overseas ball as well, but you know, how, how much did you learn from each of them, you know, growing up in terms of both skills, but also that, you, what it takes and what you need to do and the work that you need to put in mm -hmm. uh yeah so both of my older brothers uh, they played at northern iowa like you said um and they had that taste of college so my brother adam went into college had that taste of college and how hard you have to work and he tried teaching my brother jake uh, before he got into college you know give him you know a heads up on how hard it really is um and then adam went overseas and he told jake about what it's like overseas so it was just kind of a trickle-down effect from Adam to Jake and then to myself on um, trying to get the younger brother to understand how difficult you have to work or <laughs> how hard you have to work and how difficult it can be sometimes. So uh, having that support and having that um, wisdom of my older brothers, it was uh, really beneficial to me. And I'm really, obviously, I'm very grateful for their experience and sharing that with me. Was it always going to be basketball for you? Or did you ever get, sometimes you can get, say as a teenager, you go, well, they're doing that. I want to do something mm -hmm. different. Sure. No, totally. Uh, it was, uh, for me, it was always basketball. Um, well, actually, it's funny you should ask that because I didn't start playing basketball until I was maybe mm, like nine or 10 years old, mm -hmm. right? And for um, American standards, that's pretty late mm. right a lot of that developmental years of i mean you can start as young as four um 
I missed out on a lot of that because I was always dragged to my brother's AAU tournaments, right? The summer <laughs> league games. And I remember just absolutely hating it. And then it wasn't until I was about maybe nine or 10. Um, my dad always tells me this story. He said, after an AAU tournament, I turned to him. I looked at him and I said, you know, dad, maybe I should give this basketball thing a chance. And ever since then, I guess, you know, just kind of put my head to the wall and focused on that. But I was kind of a late bloomer. What's the influence and or the importance and all this of your your parents, Brian and and Donna? Because they, you know, they must have put a lot of miles in over you know weekends and I don't know mid midweek evenings as well to ferry you guys all around to different practices. Oh, totally! They put so much work in and so much time in. Uh, we actually had a coach, Woody Wilson. Uh, he was a, a community college coach. Uh, in the area who brought us in pretty early he knew what he was doing he's a very experienced guy um he kind of i would put him i would say that he had just as much influence on us as my parents did with how much knowledge he gave us uh taught us and how much he taught us about the game um and i remember going to his camps since well like i said i started rather late right so from 10 to uh, well through college i remember coming back over the summers and i'd still go back to his camps um 10 through about 23 i would go back to his camps and just work on the fundamentals right um but my parents i mean so the college that we went to was approximately like five hours away plus or minus depending on traffic right and throughout the 12 years that my brothers and i were at college playing basketball it was 12 consecutive years one of them made it to every single home game right so that's over the years uh we added it up and it was almost seventy thousand miles they drove <laughs> over 12 years so you know nothing but love and support from my parents and they you know put a lot of time a lot of effort a lot of money into our careers and fortunately it worked out for us um but yeah you know it's just kind of what a parent does right support their children is it is it useful to have i mean obviously because that's saying it's great to have you know supportive parents but mm -hmm. is it useful to have parents that in your case seem to have been there but not been that mm -hmm. kind of pushy parent that are going yeah you know screaming streaming from the stands or you know essentially trying to turn you into the, the next Kobe Bryant because it's you know their dream, not not your dream? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I can say from my experience, um, my father was very, very, very involved with my older brother, Adam. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, he pushed my brother, Adam, quite a bit. And um, it was, it never got to the point where it was too much, but I think my dad realized at some point that you have to draw a line between hard work and fun, right? Um, and he kind of went through that with Adam, and then it was um, still very supportive, and he pushed both my brother Jake and I very hard. Um, but it, I think it's important. I mean, it's it's difficult to find that line on how hard you want to push someone and uh, supporting them, right? You know, some players respond to getting yelled at, and then some players respond better to support. And, you know, for my parents, I think they did a fantastic job of supporting me and my brothers. Um, so I can really only talk about my experience. Uh, but, you know, some players respond well, respond better to getting yelled at. Some players respond better to just getting, you know, supported. So it's, it's 
difficult to find that line, but I think my parents did a good job. Have you ever had a coach that got it completely wrong with you? Uh, no, I think I did. I, I got pretty lucky with my coaches, uh, high school through now with Atiba. I think they've all kind of understood the assignment, really. They have been very supportive and... Um, yeah, I think I've I've been pretty lucky with the coaches I've had. Your brothers were part of a very storied team that went to, into the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Big underdogs played Kansas. <laughs> big favourites that year. Pulled off the upset. Got the SB. And you had a front row seat to this. Yeah, I did. I absolutely did. That was one of those moments in uh, my basketball career, or really in life, where you just take a step back and realize how lucky you are to be involved in something like that. You know, I, unfortunately (laughs) I wasn't on the team, but you know, I was, I was there, I was in the stands and I was able to support them and experience the atmosphere of a March madness game like that. You know, they were ranked, uh, ninth, my brother's, uh, my brother's team, they were a nine seed Kansas. Like you said, they were the uh, clear favorites. They were number one Mm -hmm. overall. So to have, an experience like that is just one of those moments where you just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was an absolutely amazing experience to say the least. What, how do you take, now you look back and obviously your college career didn't overlap in that sense with your brothers, but how do you, how do you look back in your college days? Uh, I look back at it fondly, right? You know, it's easy to sit retrospectively and think, oh, I should have done that, should, should have tried harder, but um, I have some fond memories, uh, a lot of success there with my teammates. Still talk to some of them to this day. Um, you know, it's it's really just about the bonds you build with teammates and the memories uh, that you make. It's I, I tell people that you don't really remember the games where you score thirty points, or you know, you might remember one or two of those games, right? But what I remember from my college career is going in freshman year. Uh, never touching a weight in high school and just getting the snot beat out of me in the weight room and just that collective suffering of the team. It was moments like those where you really build bonds with people, right? Just that collective suffering. And it was, um, you know, it might sound odd to say for those who haven't experienced it, but it's, it's moments like those that I really remember. I remember, I mean, I don't know how much I should share, but people getting sick from conditioning and all, all that stuff. It's, um, it's uh, it's it's moments like those that you remember. Obviously, Northern Iowa is a place that a lot of us will know for one reason. I mean, it, it's probably its most storied coach that's had is Greg McDermott, who's who's now at Creighton. But mm-hmm. its most famous graduate, this guy that you achieved a little bit, you know, from since he came into the the BBL and went to a place called the Toronto Raptors, won an NBA title, Nick Nurse. Um, mm-hmm. Was there posters of him around the place from his, his student days before he ended up in the mighty Derby Rams box storm, whatever it was called then? Mm-hmm. You know, there should be. Um, but he wasn't... Uh, I, I, I had left before he got to Toronto, unfortunately. But you absolutely should um, honour um, the people who have graduated from UNI and celebrate those stories of success, right? You love to hear success. You're a Wisconsin guy. So would it be fair to say winters in Sheffield are pretty mild by comparison? <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, uh, it's, uh, it's funny over the last couple of years having conversations with locals around here 
who talk about um, how wild the winters get out here. Sure, there's not a lot of sun, but that's true year-round, right? Um, and it gets pretty cold, but, I mean, winters in Wisconsin, it's pretty common to get a foot of snow overnight. And that's, uh, <laughs> I, to be honest with you, I really miss that. I miss those um, getting snowed in and uh, those white white Christmases. Personally, I need a white Christmas, so... <laughs> It's uh yeah, it's definitely one thing that I I really miss about my home state. How did, what how does that place shape you? Because it's you know it's it's kind of in the middle of America. It's it's rural, I guess, by certainly by Sheffield standards. I mean, how does mm. that shape you as a person? How does Wisconsin shape me as mm. a person? Um, I think you know it's just uh, leaving Wisconsin. Uh, going overseas, I played over in the Netherlands first, right? And then now here in England. I think um, it was great for me to get out of Wisconsin, gain a bit of perspective by living somewhere else in the world, a different country, two different countries now. And um, having that absence from my home state for so long that you learn to appreciate the little things that you took for granted, right? Like... Um, the winters in Wisconsin. I mean, you know, they go on a bit longer than I appreciate, right? Those January, <laughs> February months, maybe that could shorten a little bit. But when it comes to Christmas time, you know, a, a white Christmas, that's something that I'm always going to look forward to and cherish dearly um, for the years to come. So it's it, it took me uh, leaving Wisconsin to appreciate Wisconsin, if that makes sense. <laughs> Well, if you're a basketball coach looking to develop your team or if you're a basketball player looking to improve your performance, you'll want to hear about this new AI multi-sports app called Team Sports. The app is free and as a player you can practice exercises and drills using only your phone without the need for additional equipment. You'll be able to visualize reps, sessions, speed and accuracy as well as challenging teammates. The app will store all of your progress in an organized way so you can showcase your performance and progress with your coach. Now, as a coach, you can easily manage your teams and players with Team Sports. Its intuitive dashboard hosts team rosters, organizes exercises, plans, and analyzes players' activity as well as their progress. Analytics will allow you to compare players' performance and see who is heading up the leaderboard. If you're interested in improving your game both on and off the court, then Team Sports is for you. Visit www.teamsports.pro, that's Team Sports with a Z, or download the app on your iPhone or Android. Our guest on this edition of the MVP cast is Sheffield Sharks big man, Bennett Cook. And, and Bennett, looking back at the past couple of years, obviously the difference from season one to season two was COVID, but also fans. And I think as a player, how, how different was it this year when you walk into Ponds Forge? obviously different again with fans and and there's people there and there's noise and you know there's an atmosphere mm -hmm. well like you said the atmosphere i think um some people don't really understand how how big that energy and atmosphere can really affect the game especially when you're playing away you know when you are when it's a close game down the stretch the fans are into it um, somebody hits a big shot and the crowd either shuts up or they get they go crazy um, riding those kind of waves uh, can be very difficult sometimes, but, but also it can be a lot of fun. So to have the fans back this year has been great. Do you enjoy, I'm trying to get this the right way, but what do you enjoy more, having a big supportive crowd at home 
or that energy that you get when you're going somewhere else and you know there's that you know that, that hostile energy that sort of you know as you said mm-hmm. the buzz of the crowd and that you you've almost got to overcome it sure i mean there's pros and cons to both right it's uh it's great when you go uh, away and you get a win and the crowd is kind of just upset the whole game that you're winning and you can hear people take shots at you from the bench it's a lot of fun right but also you know when you're home to have that crowd support you and get excited when you make a good play it's uh you know there's pros and cons to both of it i'm, I'm glad to be playing wherever i'm at come back even to college or even high school possibly I and mean, we talk about comedians getting heckled what's what's the worst heckle or trash talk you've ever had from from outside the the lines oh we're worse trash talking you know i never uh, i don't really try to pay too much attention to that <laughs> um i do for as long as i've played i've always just joked around and talked to players on the court um not a big trash talking guy i think i'd stumble over my words too much to really <laughs> even give it a try so i just talk to people say hi ask them how they're doing just stuff like that what's the worst you've ever gotten from the fans worst i've ever gotten from the fans i mean nothing has ever really gotten to me i've heard the classic uh overrated when you're in high school or comparing me to my brothers but you know that doesn't really mean anything coming from someone that i don't know so it's, <laughs> it's never really been that that tough for me I mean, when you went overseas, I mean, your your first pro team is, is my, one of my favourite na- team names, the Dutch Windmills, um, almost self-explanatory. Um, but it, I've read that you, when you went there, despite you know, having a, you know, a college experience to remember, that you were kind of not convinced you were still in love with basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that whole stretch that year was very difficult for me. It was... Um, I was very excited to start my professional career, right? And talking to my brothers about it, they both had warned me that, you know, some teams, um, they're not as honest uh, as as they like to say. <clears throat> and being the young, ignorant me, I was thinking, what? The Dutch windmills? No, couldn't be them. I'm about to, <laughs> it's going to be the best year of my life. Uh, so one I, once I got out there, um, the first month was pretty standard. Um, you're trying to learn your way around the country, learn your teammates, get to know them, build that rapport. Uh, but after that first month, everything just kind of fell apart. They stopped playing the, paying the players. They stopped paying the gym venues, the apartments, the car companies. Uh, and somehow they kept the team afloat. Um, up until about april right so a good chunk of the season um i remember the place i was living was it was like a trailer park i didn't have any wi-fi the only time i was able to connect with the outside world was for the 15 minutes before practice and the 15 minutes after practice right so i felt pretty uh, isolated out there for the entire year um and i had to really look inward Uh, you know there was so much time to kill that I was fortunate enough to have that time uh, I could spend uh, looking inward and kind of asking myself uncomfortable questions about who I am, who I want to be. Um, and it was also a challenge to try and find uh, a love for the sport, you know, when you're in a situation like that. But fortunately for myself, I had great teammates uh, and they were all going through the same thing. I kind of mentioned it earlier, that collective suffering, right? You can build a bond through that. <laughs> And um, 
it, it, I, I kind of developed uh, in some weird way this this love for the sport because it was an, an escape um, from what was going on with the team. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a wild year, but it was one that I learned a lot, uh, not only about myself, but about other people. Um, I learned a lot of patience that year as well <laughs> when you have to deal with a team like that. So it was, it was a wonderful year. And when you say looking inwards, what do you, what do you discover about yourself? Well, you know, you, like I, like I mentioned, you have to ask yourself uncomfortable questions, um, like who I am, what I've done in the past, you know, w- what kind of decisions I'm making, the habits I'm forming. Am I sleeping in too long? Am I, you know, not cleaning my room? Am I sloppy around the house? My good friend just, I think people far too often kind of shy away from those questions, right? Cause you can choose to kind of remain ignorant about things and remain ignorant about yourself and not really worry about it. But being in the position that I was in, I decided to at least attempt to do something positive out of it. And, um, I learned a lot about myself. I'm glad, you know, looking back at it, I'm glad I went through that experience. Uh, if I could do it again, I absolutely would choose to do that again because I took a lot of steps forward personally. Was there a point that in that year or maybe even the end of the year where you actually thought, do I want to do this? Do I want to put myself in a position though where you know, I'm in a career where I might not get paid for months on end, you know, I'm, I'm overseas despite all these learnings I have. I mean, did, did you ever think twice about wanting a this was a sophomore year as a pro oh yeah absolutely i thought about quitting all the time (laughs) being in a position like that i mean for the first couple months i thought this was just i thought it was just the worst place to be you know what i mean uh but i gained a little perspective uh talking to some of my friends at home Uh, one of my best friends derek potts he uh lived he his job he works at a factory he wasn't very happy at that factory job for very long, right? He has to get up at 4 a.m., put in the hours, 10-hour shifts, uh, and then get off. And, you know, that, that kind of wears down, wears you down mentally and physically. Um, talking to my friends about those kind of things. And then, like I mentioned, gaining that perspective that, I mean, look at where I'm at. I'm in the Netherlands playing a sport <laughs> professionally. Like, sure, I'm not getting paid, and that's obviously a huge problem, but I'm alive. I'm not really in any danger. I'm around good people. And like I said, you know, I'm in a foreign country playing a basketball or playing basketball for my job. You know, I have it pretty good. So uh, I gained a lot of perspective. And uh, like I said before, it was a, I, I turned it into a positive year. What was the pitch when you, you look back you know, two and a half, whatever it is, years now? Um, what was the pitch in Sheffield? What was the pitch in Sheffield? Mm. Well, talking to coach, uh, he was very much a defense-oriented coach. Uh, that's something he's always pride, uh, found pride in uh, personally when he played, and as well as uh, coaching. And coming from UNI, that was one of our, you know, our pillars of how we played. It was defense first, so that really, um, I really attached to that idea, that philosophy. Uh, and then once I got out here, I met everyone. They're good people. It was night and day difference from my time in the Netherlands, right? Everyone was respecting me, treating me like an actual person. So just, you know, it was, uh, it felt like the right fit. Do you, I mean, and you're in the off season, I mean, or even during the season, 
what's your methodology for, I guess, self-improvement? You know, whether it's watching game film, whether it's, you know, adding a little to your game every year or during the year. I mean, do you have a kind of strategy now that you're, you know, third year as a pro? What's what's the method for looking for those marginal gains or those little edges? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I've always been kind of an undersized big. I'm not as strong mm-hmm. as a lot of the bigs here in this league. So I've always uh, kind of had the advantage in, in speed, right? But also this last year, I realized where there's quite a bit, <laughs> there's too much of a gap there. I'm a little too weak, I feel like. So this offseason, I, I tried focusing on gaining a little bit of weight, and gaining a lot more muscle and um, helping myself and the team in that way. Uh, when it comes to the actual uh, techniques of how you play basketball, I mean, I obviously worked on my right-hand hook, right? That's my <laughs> bread and butter. You can't go away from that. But also just getting more comfortable and um, uh, with with my left hand and uh, working on free throws and stuff like that. It's just... Um, you know, every player is different. Um, you just got to work on what you can and take it from there. Just do what you can. How do you assess the competitiveness of the league? We're just a few weeks into it. But you, know, you start to get a sense of who's got a strong team, who's not got a strong team. Hello, Plymouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and where everyone will, will maybe have to battle during the season to finish a little bit higher or a little bit lower. But you know, you're the team probably is in that second group. Yeah, if we take a look at Leicester and London, probably up there at the moment. How do you, how do you think as a, as a team and maybe even individually, but how do you then approach the season where you know, you know it's going to be a reach to get prizes, but you're not completely out of the mix. You know you've mm-hmm. got big games coming up when you're playing those two probably. You know you've got teams at the bottom that will be easier nights. Over mm. the course of the year, there's a lot of ebbs and flows that go with that emotionally and, and competitively. Now that you've kind of got used to how these things work overseas, especially, how does how that management of the season and the emotions go? Sure. Uh, so the beginning of the season, be, beginning of any season, really, there's always that question of what teams are going to have it figured out or what teams are trying to figure it out, how long it's going to take them to figure it out. Uh, the beginning of this season, I thought it was particularly strange because so many teams were beating each other and some teams couldn't be beaten. I mean, you mentioned London, Leicester, um, but I would also say Newcastle and, of course, us were, I think, in the last uh, couple of seasons and, and definitely this season. I feel like us four are always, you know, kind of the top teams, mm-hmm. the teams to beat the most competitive teams. Um, me personally, I mean, I think we're the best team in the league and you know, if you're not going into the mindset, that kind of mindset, I mean, what are you, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, this is our team. I, of course, believe that we're going to uh, win the championship, win the cup and everything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the beginning of the season is always difficult. you got to figure out um, if your uh, who you brought in is working out, if they're a good teammate, if they're a good fit. Um, but I think, you know, Obviously, as the season goes on, teams will figure it out and they'll hire new players and they'll make the adjustments. And all I can really do is focus on myself and try and um, benefit the team in any way I can. Do you find yourself bringing it? I don't want to say bringing it a lot more because everyone likes to say that they bring it every night. But do you find <laughs> that there's that adrenaline, there's that just that little bit more energy when you're playing one of those, you know, say one of those other 
top four teams that you've you've identified do, do you find yourself unconsciously subconsciously going out there with that little bit more oh yeah absolutely i mean those are the big games right that's what that's why i'm out here uh to compete and show up for those big games and i think um all like all you can really do is focus on uh, uh, what you can control right which is effort and communication as long as i try my hardest and communicate with my teammates you know i'm happy with my performance whether that's no points or 10 points it really doesn't matter to me as long as we try our hardest you know that's all you can really uh that's all you can really do away from the game away from the game you got you know you got some downtime um is there all, you know, you're, you're in a fortunate position geographically of having lots of the great outdoors on your your doorstep, a bit like Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> but a lot of hiking going on. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, I mean, whenever you feel bogged down, I think people don't realize how um, how much of an, a a great natural antidepressant going for a walk is getting some fresh air. And I'm fortunate to be here in Sheffield with the Peak District, 20 minutes away. Um, so it's it's so easy for me to go out there, find a hiking trail, um, see some beautiful sights, and just kind of, uh, like I mentioned before, gain some perspective on what's going on. If I'm not, if I have a stretch where I'm not playing well, you know, it's it's healthy to go out there and remind myself, you know, I'm in a foreign country playing a sport for a job. You know, I have it pretty good. Um, so it's 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 one of those things that I really cherish, and it reminds me of um, Wisconsin, right? So yeah, it's a great feeling to get out there and just gain some perspective. Where's where's the favorite spots? I know you've done a wee bit around the UK, but where's the favorite spots that you find yourself at? Well, favorite spots. There's two small towns out in the peaks, Castleton and Bakewell. I love those two um, hikes. Uh, there's Kerber's Edge. There's um, uh, I mean, there's there's just so much out there. I feel like I've I've been here two years onto my third year, and there's still I I feel like I haven't even explored, you know, like seventy five percent of the peaks. <laughs> so there's just so much out there, and I still got to get uh, I got to work on that. Actually, I got to write down a list. That's what, That's what I need to do. Bucket list. That's all. It's all yeah, about. absolutely. Um. So you said year three. So you've only got i can't remember how many it is about 12 to catch up with tuck is that what it's going to be are you going to be old and gray and still oh, playing man. in sheffield you know as long as i love the sport and as long as i love what i'm doing i i might as well keep playing right have you thought about life after basketball yet or what because you know your brother jake's gone into coaching i mean is, is that mm-hmm. the next stage or have you got a different future in mind yeah, I've thought a little bit about it. Um, probably not as much as I should, right? <laughs> um, I am interested in mental health counseling. I'd like to get a master's in that. At least that's the plan right now, right? Plans change. Um, but yeah, I've thought a little bit about it. Um, interested in a couple things. Um, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, though, <laughs> right? As long as you get paid and it's not the Netherlands over again, and that's the most <laughs> sure right. Don't <laughs> avoid stuff. those situations. <laughs> anyway, Ben, um, we wish you good luck, continued success this season in Sheffield, and um, enjoy the hiking. And thanks for stopping by the MVP cast.
Yeah, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Had a good time. Thank you. That's it for this edition. Sponsored by Team Sports. Visit teamsports.pro, that's sports with a Z, or download the app today. And don't forget to check out our recent conversations, including with Kimball McKenzie and Helen Naylor. You can subscribe to the podcast by your preferred provider or stream at our website, mvp247.com, where you can also sign up for the post-up MVP's regular newsletter packed with exclusive features and insights. If you want to reach me, find me on Twitter at Mark Ripple. But another edition of the MVP cast coming very soon. Me, Mark Woods, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you again. <laughs>